Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Duckies and Dargons. It feels so fucking good to be back at the table, to be back recording sessions again, because we have been on a little bit of a hiatus. IRL situations and work commitments uh, caused us to take a three-week break, and I'm not going to lie, it was killing me having to wait this long to get back to recording a campaign episode obviously our last session um that we actually recorded was the bonus episode that we did it was the start of the miniature uh series the ducky round table where i took two incredible members of the ttrp uh, community one of which is our very own slade zeno the other one being the absolutely incredible va valderis aka firefox uh and we discussed the topic of world building uh, hopefully that series will continue with more guests and more topics to cover. But for now, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to be diving back into the Vardorian conflict. But before we do that, I feel that it's imperative that we give not only my players, but uh, you guys sitting at home a little bit of a recap. I mean, for all we know, you've just listened to the latest, uh, the latest episode of the campaign and then jumped straight to this one. But we don't know that. But it's been three weeks for us, so let's have a little reminder. Previously on the show, our party began their pursuit of the corrupt lawmaster Lucinda Grohl from the city of Valorondir, the city of which they had just recently exposed corruption and ties between the lawmaster and criminals, such as Dragon Fangsplitter, the criminal leader who was extorting a great proportion of the city's merchants and uh merchant captains as well as well as being second-handly because it wasn't actually him that organized it but second-handly responsible for the kidnapping of little timothy bombell who our party uh, completed their first good deed by rescuing and returning safely to his grandfather arthur so uh maybe they're not as chaotic as they seem to be on their character sheets from there their pursuit has led them to the continent of Zyuria, the main landmaster of Vardor, but in order to get there, they actually had to take a little bit of a pit stop. Uh, Tygen, their captain for this journey, advised them that they would need to pick up more food supplies, and whilst they were stopping on this little merchant island, they decided that, as well as going and actually doing the thing that Tygen asked them to do, you know, going and getting meat, and uh, making sure that they got enough in order to feed the crew, on the rest of the journey, they decided that their interaction with the butcher was going to be one of which nearly made me want to drink myself into an early grave. I, uh, I loved that encounter, and I hope you guys did too. But after coming out of the, the meat market, they were income, they were, they came across a, a rather strange spectral figure who turned out to be a very low-level, novice-grade necromancer who had been trying to work on a very altered version of the True Resurrection spell. Uh, our party followed the figure to a camp in the northern end of the island and spent a long time fighting the necromancer and the minions, uh, even going as far as torturing one of the poor bastards that they had decided to leave alive. Before uncovering what was 
detected to be a very strong magical ping in an underground cavern where they answered a very a very triggering riddle and if you yourself as a listener got triggered by that and uh you would like to at me on social media then feel free to do so because i loved that entire encounter my therapist fed up with me now because of you <laughs> we ended our I session we ended our session with our players standing in this cavern face to face with a rather strangely dressed individual by the name of Sir Richard of Astley. And this figure... In fact, no. No, I'm not going to go down that road. That road, Ladies and gentlemen, let us begin tonight's session. And I am anticipating this, this shit going so sideways that it gives me whiplash. So, before, uh, in what might be the biggest mistake of my DMing career, I'm handing over to my players. The floor is yours. You're who now? I am Sir Richard of Astley. Might I inquire your names? Um... Yeah, considering we just fucking freed you, I think you should explain a bit more in yourself. He sits down, cross-legged on the floor. He's just sort of stretching his arms, rotating his shoulders, you know, leaning from side to side. You hear a couple of small cracks coming from his spine. He looks at all three of you. Casting, he looks at you individually for about five seconds each. He's just sort of taking you in. And he's just like, well, judging by the decor in here, I'm assuming that this is not where I am originally from. Um, I'm a, a traveling bard. I, I tour many, many lands in search of fame and fortune, as all, all bards do. But there was this one patron at a tavern. In fact, hold on. Where am I exactly? He's looking at all of you just very confusedly and there's a small there's a small wash of concern on his face as well. Um where are you? Uh I'm just gonna sort of nudge Zaras and Anons, like with the elbows going, uh, guys, I can't remember the name of this fucking place. All I can tell you is that we're on an island. An island, okay. Um, then I appear not to... I not forgot to... to write it down. I don't appear to be in the same place that I remember being in last. Okay, that's ever so slightly problematic. He looks at, he looks at Zaris, and he just says, Pardon my ignorance, and pardon any offense that this may take, but I love your complexion. Thank you? You, you see that he is looking at you with the most befuddled look imaginable he's not really taking a, a you know a, he's taking a passing glance at Elera and Anon but he's looking at you he's you get the feeling that he's never seen a pale blue skinned tiefling before he's just like I wow this world well life never ceases to amaze well this seems to be a fortunate day 
not only have I been freed from whatever form of imprisonment I, I seem to have been unlucky enough in order to find myself in, but I get the sense that the three of you are humble people. Tell me. Yeah. I, I Ends mean, on the day. <laughs> well, I, I, I guess that goes for us all, doesn't it? He, he gets up and he sort of stretches his arms again. He sort of shakes his legs and he goes, Well, I, uh, I'm going to try and remove myself from wherever we are. Uh, you are welcome to come and join me. I am assuming that there has got to be a town somewhere. Am I right? Yeah, just uh, back behind us, there's that ladder that leads up to topside, and there's a pathway that leads back into town. Okay. You see him, he... he he, he he gives you a small nod, all like individually, and he he begins to make his way up the ladder. He gets about a third of the way up it before you see him turn around mid climb, holding on with one hand, and he goes, "Oh, and before I go, as a little token of my appreciation for setting me free," and you see that he uh he digs into a small pouch that is clipped to the right hip. And he takes out a fistful of gold coins and he just scatters them in front of the three of you. And he goes, it's not much, but um, buy yourselves a drink if you find a tavern tonight. It's on me. So um, e each of you gets the equivalent of five gold. He did say that it wasn't much, but you get the feeling that it was as generous as he could possibly be, possibly be to three individuals who have just freed him from captivity. And you see him continue to climb up. A couple of seconds goes by, and you hear a very distant, What the fuck? You get a sense that he's just stumbled across the bodies of the guards and the necromancer that you slew in the previous uh, hour. And uh, didn't, you didn't think to hide their bodies. <laughs> you just you hear this horrified scream. Uh, somebody make a perception check for me. Seventeen. Okay, you just met it. With a seventeen, you hear the very faint and very rapid uh, fall of footsteps going away from your location. He has been spooked, and he is running the fuck away. So, okay, good riddance. <laughs> I'm guessing he knew the rules, and so did we. So then, three of you yeah. are now alone. In this cave, uh, what would you like to do? Can I roll an investigation check to see if there's anything that's actually worth me being down here? Sure, go ahead. Um, so I rolled a two. You find a lot of dirt. Cool. A lot so, of dirt. So, I don't even know why... Like, we're still down here now. I'm like, this is that this has just been a weird day. I just, I guess, 
I guess we, well, if you guys don't find anything, then we need to go back to the town and figure out if we fixed their problem so we can get back on the boat and get the hell off this island. Do you not think he left a bit, I don't know, abruptly? I, I think he left a bit too quick. Yeah. I don't trust leaving this, this place without checking for traps or something, so I'm going to roll for investigation and see if there's any traps lying about or anything suspicious. Sure, go ahead. Okay, so that's uh all right, and then my investigation on top of that. Are you okay? Okay, that's a nineteen, good sir. Nineteen. This mm -hmm. this cavern is exactly the same way that it was when you entered it. There is no sign of traps. There is nothing that has been changed in any way, shape, or form. The only, in fact, no, there is. The only thing that has changed is the footprints that uh, Sir Richard left as he exited. Uh, before getting to the ladder, but that's about it. It's safe. I mean, do you really think he just left to find a way off the island? Because I think he might be up to something. It's just my suspicions, you know? Just I, I, I just don't trust the, the bastard. I mean, to be fair, the three of us don't really trust a whole lot of people to begin with, so, I mean, you... It's not something that's uncommon for us. Yeah, I mean, well, and, and yeah, there was that, that poor butcher who I stole the, the cleaver from, but the, I mean... Um, I don't think he's going to do a whole lot of harm because, I mean, we just heard him squealing like a little Catholic schoolgirl when he walked out and heard all the, the seen all the bodies that we strode about laying on the ground and didn't do anything with, so... I'm get and I'm guessing he's not a stranger to loving people anyway, so uh I, I both I, I both love and hate the fact that you just said that. So yeah. You put him in the bloody campaign, mate. I know. You're you're I know. You're, I, know. You're, I, I Rick rolled you guys. <laughs> you knew the rules and so did I. <laughs> okay, so does anybody do Anon or Alera want to make investigation checks just like Zaris did to see if there's anything lying around. Maybe one of you will do better than rolling a two. Yeah, I want to investigate the, the wall where Rick came from. Okay. Um, I will say you can either roll investigation or, 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 or Arcana. I'll do Arcana. Okay. That is a crit. Fucking crit. What is it overall? Like, what's your modifier? What's your modifier? Uh, it'd be a plus four, so it'd be 24 overall. 24 overall. Okay, so you spend a good five minutes uh, taking a very much closer look at the inscription that's on the wall uh, where you saw the light emanate from. Uh... You feel like there's some residual magic left over. It's more of a conjuration school of magic feel to it. It is designed to be a containment spell, but you get the sense that there's there is, there is definitely a conjuration side to it. You get the feeling that there is 
something in addition to this inscription in another location that acts as sort of like a, a sister side of it. Uh, imagine the uh, the closet from Harry Potter where Draco puts in the apple and it goes from one side to the other. You get the sense that there's a there's some there's another location that is linked to this inscription, and that there's all like like I said there's also a um a heavy containment feel all that is also laced with conjuration. So he was telling the truth when he said that he he was being trapped in there, and that he he didn't know where he was. It's entirely plausible that he may not actually be from this island or anywhere close to this island. Anything else? Not about y'all, but I'm 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 done here with this island. Yeah, I I relay this to the others, and then I'm done. Okay. Elera, anything that you would like to do? I mean, we did promise that those people in that path when that when weird creature thingy was shouting that we'd go and look for, you know, family and kids and stuff. So we still got that to do, but I don't know how much time we've got left here. So um I will say that at this point in time it is very late evening getting close to midnight and it's going to take you roughly half an hour to get back to the village or the settlement. Uh, let's, let's go, let's go back to town and... Okay. I'll say that you guys spend that half hour walk. Uh, you get back to the settlement, which you can, you can tell that you're there by the fact that the, the you see the bridges crossing over the river. And uh, you see that there, there's a lot more people roaming around now. Beforehand, before you started tracking the, the necromancer, you only saw maybe 30 to 40 people wandering outdoors. Now it's closer to 70, maybe even 75. So there's a lot more footfall. There's a lot more traffic. And you're seeing a lot more young people as well. So... A mix of races and creeds uh, that would really be early teens, if not, you know, preteen ages. A lot of very young half orcs. There's a couple of very small, uh, young el um, half elves. There's a couple of very small human children as well running around. Some of them are being embraced by family members who obviously are uh, showing a lot of emotion. Some of them seem to be very happy to see these these people. Uh, you can tell that whatever happened is something of good, and that whatever you like, whatever you guys did, whether it was by defeating Necromancer or by doing something else, you managed to succeed in these people coming back. As you get past the first bridge, and you get about halfway to the meat market. You see this elderly male figure in bright blue uh, mage robes coming, hobbling up, almost like he's trying to run, 
but he's that old that it's more of like a very fast waddle. Uh, he's got a long brown beard that's a very light chestnut color. He's got a very thin mustache that sort of twirls at the ends. He's almost completely bald. He's got a little bit of hair at the back that's really thin and really wispy. It dances really fucking flowerly as he makes his way because it's that fucking thin and light. He gets up to about tw uh, 20 feet before you and he goes, Excuse me, youngsters. You're that group of strangers what did come into town last night, ain't you? Um, might be. Why? You wouldn't happen to be the one that pursued that scary spectral bastard, did you? Um, and if we were asked? Well, you know, if it was you, then you, you guys deserve some sort of a reward. I mean, something happened, and there's a lot of talk, a lot of talk around town that two drows and a tiefling came into town, got knocked unconscious, came back conscious, Agreed to help us, and then they fucked off. I'm Maybe. assuming it's you. I'm not lying. Yes, that's us, absolutely. Hello. He looks at you, Anna, and goes, Oh, hello. Hello. Um, my name is Artemis, Artemis Strange, and uh, I'm one of the local mages here. I do a lot of arcane research, and... I seem to be the only un I seem to be the only grateful one in this town who's offering to give you a reward. And at this point, he is scanning 360 as he is shouting this at the top of his lungs. It's almost like he's calling everybody out, and they're just like, "Where's your fucking gratitude? You know, these people have helped us. Why aren't any of you coming and showing any respect and you know appreciation, sort of thing?" He looks at the three of you and he goes, "I have a little office." A little ways away from here. It's actually on the road out of town. Um, if you if you have five minutes, I'd love to, you know, give you something as a token of appreciation. We we do have five minutes. Absolutely. Right. And he looks at the yeah, we'll he, look, he, he looks at Ilara and Zaris, and he just goes, "You two have been awfully quiet." Um. I'm just not used to appreciation, um, so forgive me if I seem a bit bland, but- Ah, you're fine, Missy, don't you worry about it. And he looks at you, Zaris, and goes, what about you, horny? <laughs> I had something to say until you said that. <laughs> Agent of Chaos, right here. <laughs> you bastard. <laughs> um, you see, I know Slade so well that when he goes quiet, I know he's thinking of something to say, and I know how to fucking put him off his train of thought. Love you, Tony. Let's... I, 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 I'm lost for words at the moment. I, I don't know how to respond to being called horny. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I'm just gonna say, yeah, I've got five minutes, and then I'm gonna light a cigarette and smoke. <laughs> hey, 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 Zaris, 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 Buddy, hello, K 
could could I I could I have a ciggy as well, bud, or cigar off you, buddy? And I'll get you a drink later. Hello. 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 Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Yeah, you didn't. Oh, right. You didn't respond. Uh, yeah, yeah. For some reason, like Discord froze on me. Okay. 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 Uh, you wanna you wanna repeat what you said, Alara? Uh, can I like have a? It's it's been a while, and I I feel like I can trust you guys more. So could I get a cigar off you, Cyrus, and I'll give you one back, or I'll give you a drink later. Uh, speaking of that. Have you decided on the thing that I mentioned the last session? It's been three weeks. You're going to have to remind me when this was. I, wa I wanted to see if it was possible that I could start uh, making um, special cigars. With, oh, uh, oh, is this the ones that would help you get like spell slots back? Well, it's it's more or less like I use the cigars to stuff spell slot or spells into them using spell slots and then use a long rest to regain that spell slot so that I would have multiple ways to be able to utilize the spells that I have. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that now. Yeah. You can do that. Yeah. Okay. So, um, if that's the case, I'm going to test it out now. Okay, um, and how are you going to test it, and what are you testing it on? I am going to test it on Alara. Kitty pig! And I want to see if I can give her a cigar that will be able to utilize um, uh, Frost Barrier. Okay. Rolling an arcana check in order to do it. Okay, so I'll, explain what I'll have to do. A, so, okay, so the way that it works is, is that I spend a spell slot mm -hmm. in in order to put a specific spell into a cigar. Yeah, that cigar becomes the uh, concentration point instead of myself. So as long as, um. As whoever smokes it is smoking it, then they will be able to utilize that specific spell for the amount of time that the spell lasts for. So, like, for example, Frost Barrier is a concentration spell that lasts for a minute. So within that minute, Alara can smoke that cigar and get the benefits of Frost Barrier without me having to waste a spell slot because the spell slot is stored inside of the cigar. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so what I'm going to do is, in the way that I have this written down here on this website from uh, the Reddit post that I got this idea from, uh, I have to roll an Arcana check in order to do that and see how successful it is that um, 
I will be able to pass that spell slot on to uh, Alara. Okay. Uh, sure. So I'm gonna roll the Arcana check. But damn, <laughs> damn. And I have to do this for every time that I create one of these cigars. Is roll an Arcana check to see how successful it is. Yeah. Uh, but I'm gonna test it out this time. And as long as she's smoking it, then she will get the benefits of that specific spell that I store into the cigar. Uh, what is my arcana? So I rolled a 17 on the die plus two, so 19. Yep, that's fine. You, you managed to put the, uh, you managed to put the spell effect into the cigar and yeah. You didn't really have any problems with it. It seemed like it was second nature to you. Uh, you, so you can me... take it from there. Okay, so uh, out of game terms, mm -hmm. uh, Alara, mm -hmm. that cigar will last for a minute. So as long as long as you're smoking it within that minute, then you will get the benefits of Frost Barrier. But if you take it out of your mouth and stop smoking it, the effect goes away. So you have to basically say, oh, for my, say, you know, like before initiative or whatever, if you know there's a fight coming, you'll say, oh, I'm going to go ahead and light this cigar up and you light it and start puffing on it. And then when initiative starts, you have a minute for that to last. And I don't have to roll. I don't have to concentrate on that spell. The cigar does it for me. And the DC, you would have to roll for it to see if the concentration wears off. And the DC is whatever my spell save DC is. Does okay. that make sense? Mm hmm. Okay. So when, whenever. Thinking, <laughs> yeah. So whenever you get attacked in combat. Just ask me what my spell save DC is if you're smoking the cigar and that goes for anybody and I'll tell you and then you have to roll to see if the concentration will last. It's essentially like you're casting the spell without having to use a spell slot and I don't have to concentrate on these spells. Cool. Gotcha. Cool. Okay. okay, so you hand Ilara the cigar, you light one up yourself and uh, you see Artemis just be like... Oh, cool. Okay. Well, like I said, my shop's just down the street here. So if you follow me, I'm uh, I'm sure that I'll be able to find something to give you as a token of our appreciation. You guys walk the literally about two hundred yards down the the main uh stretch along the river before you get to this. It's about uh, it's a three story uh, it's a three story building, but it's got one of those uh spiraling metal staircases that go along the exterior and there's like a there's set, there's multiple doors on each floor uh, multiple points of access he just goes i'm on the top floor i can't afford the the whole building so i'm renting the i'm renting the attic you get up and he opens up the door into this very cozy almost studio apartment-esque space that is just filled to the brim with every form of magical tinkering equipment that you could possibly think of. 
There's vials of different colored liquids all over the place. There's little pots of runestone scattered on the shelves. There's herbs growing in pretty much every corner. There's minerals and crystal dusts just covering an entire small table. It's very cramped and it's very, very messy. It's sort of like that organized chaos feel that you feel like a lot of like low level alchemists or mages are used to. Uh, anyone that's actually uh, trained in the arcane arts, you know that you like to have things readily available at hands or arm's length. There's a very warm candle glow that creates a very warm and welcoming feel to the space. And as he shuts the door behind the three of you, uh, he looks in and goes, Wow, make yourselves at home. I'm just going to go over and uh, I'm going to find the, uh, your reward for you. Just give me two seconds. Uh, feel free to have a look around and uh, just promise you won't break anything. So would anybody like to do anything whilst you've got a little bit of time? I want to roll an arcana or investigation to see if anything in the room piques my interest. Okay, your choice. Seventeen on arcana. Arcana, okay. So, in addition to the, the obvious stuff that you feel like you would get, um, you do spot that there's a couple of uh, potions of healing. There's a, uh, a potion of invisibility sitting on one of the shelves. There is a small case of vials that are emanating an enchantment feel to them. It's very weak. It's very faint. And it feels like it's the sort of energy that's been fading for a while. And it's almost like it's on the brink of dying out. There is a couple of books scattered on different shelves that are emanating a very small, very faint magical energy to them as well. Um, there is a deer skull hanging on the wall on the eastern, uh, eastern wall of the building that is emanating quite a bright reddish invisible aura to it. Um, you get the feeling that this is enchanted in some sort of way, but you're not really able to tell what the enchantment is. But apart from that, it's just traces of leftover magical energy. And yeah, that's about all you're going to get. Okay. Anything else you'd like to do? Anon, Elera, you guys wanting to do anything as well? Yeah, I want to do an investigation check. On anything specific or in a very general term as well. I want to see if he has a glow worm. A glow worm? Okay. Go ahead and roll. That is a 16. So you take a couple of minutes, you have a, a little pace around the the more open space that's in this studio apartment slash workshop slash mess of an alchemy lab and sort of huddled behind a massive cluster of beacons, you do see a very faint 
uh, yellow bright light that is a glow worm. What would you like to do? I'm going to take the glow worm. Now, okay, uh, go ahead and roll sleight of hand. That is a 17. Yeah, you you managed to pick up one of the beakers that's obstructing your your line of sight, and you snatch up the little glowworm and stuff it into your your pack and replace the beaker, almost like silently. There's a small clink. Um, there's a small clink as the the beakers sort of impact as you put that one back, but Arthur uh, Artemis, sorry, doesn't uh, notice anything. Hello? I'd like to see if he's got like any the uh, well, I mentioned the potions, but I'm also kinda of interested in like, if he got like any kind of weapons or any kind of bombs or anything along those lines. Uh go mean? ahead and make an investigation or perception check. I'll do investigation. That's an eighteen. 18, you don't see any weapons. There's not really anything in this environment that could be used for combat means. Okay, so I'll say that all that is happening within the sort of space of about 30 seconds. So after that time goes by and you guys stop stealing from this very innocent mage, uh, he comes back from a small room tucked away in the back right-hand corner, and you see him carrying a... It's a roughly foot and a half in diameter uh, spherical object. It's an octagonal ball, which is purple in, co in color, that seems to be shimmering with like a, a sort of like glitter-like sheen to it. It's got golden etchings written all along the sides of it, and they seem to sparkle just like the rest of the devices as well. He holds it in front of him and he goes, This is my pride and joy. I, I created a device that can transport people into a pocket dimension. I, I, I don't know how successful because the pocket dimension ain't anything special. It's just a bare bones space that all I can tell is randomly generated. At least that's how I designed it to be. But I haven't had any way of verifying that because, well, I haven't had anyone that wants to go in. And he sort of, he holds it out a little bit further towards you guys, almost like he's, he's offering it to, to one of the three of you. And he just goes, you're, you're free to try it out before you take it. I mean, th th this is me trying to give you something that I've worked on. I'm proud of this. And I, I hope that this can become useful to you at some point. Yeah, you, you what? But what? Basically, it's a teleportation device. Yeah, but dimensions and stuff, how did you... What? Well, put it this I... way, you ever find yourself in danger, you just pop yourself right in. You'll be safe and, safe and sound. Uh, how okay. did you come up with stuff like... What? Oh, okay. I was commissioned. I, I was commissioned for this. So, question. Question. 
Are you saying that How to him? Or get... You saying that to him or me? Him. Okay. How would I get back? Ah! Do you know any teleportation spells? Nope. Well then, Sonny, my answer would be with great difficulty. You not have like any scrolls or books where we could somewhat learn a teleportation spell to get out, possibly? Because so, I'm I'm not saying I'm not appreciating your gift, but I mean, we can okay, get okay, okay, okay. Well, let, let me let me let me throw this down the alleyway here. Let me let me put it to you this way. Potential combat use, though I don't agree with violence. You got someone you don't like, someone who's been a bit of a dick, or maybe they're attacking you. You put them in there, they can't get out. How'd you like that? Horrible prison. So does... Sure! How does, how does one get... To, to stop us getting stuck in there, how do we get the other in there? Should we come across anyone that... I don't know. Horrible or anything like that. How would one... How would we get them into said ball? I mean, I, you, you'd have to... You'd have to speak the incantation. Right. Which being... <laughs> hold, hold the... Hold, no, hold, hold up. <laughs> uh, 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 write George, it, write it times. down. Write it down. <laughs> Don't say it. Write it down. He, he, by this point, Ilara, you notice as a very toothy grin has just spread across Artemis's face. And he just looks at all three of you. And he just goes, Alakazoo, Alakazam, send these fools to Azkaban. And all of a sudden, all three of you feel this mighty magical push. Or pulling sensation, sorry. As the three of you are sucked into this ball. I feel like Rob was in on this. <laughs> I actually wasn't. I, can, I just I, I, I can confirm. I can confirm. That was way too convenient. I can confirm. Rob knew nothing about this. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. I knew you should trust the fucking bastard. Uh, <laughs> oh, that'll teach you to choose your fucking words carefully. <laughs> You know, you're a good friend, but I fucking hate you. Oh, mate. I know, I know, I know, I know. But, back to the session. As you hear Artemis finish the incantation, you feel yourselves being pulled into this device. There's a shock of bright white light before you find yourselves standing in... And if I can find the map on roll 20. You find yourself standing in a room of granite flooring it's a large brightly lit room with a rectangular water uh, feature directly in the center the room is empty and you the first thing you all realize when you land in this space is that the the magical potency in this room is almost suffocating it's like the air is syrup and the, 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 very, the very thick feeling 
of the environment around you. It feels like there's a magical energy trying to absorb itself into your your bodies. So, for all of you, I'd like you to go ahead and make constitution saving throws for me. I already 20. 30, 20, you're fine. 18. 18, you're fine. Twenty-one. You're all fine. You seem to adjust very quickly to the the thick magical energy that's in this room. You sort of shrug off the the beginnings of what felt like nausea and dizziness, and it just it you adjust very quickly. It's almost like it's you're back in the the mage's little studio apartment. What feels like thirty seconds goes by. Before you hear this booming, booming voice just resonate across the entire environment. Hello? You there? God damn it. I think I killed them. Well, We're here, you bastard. I, I, I didn't. Oh, fuck. Get us out of here! You're a lot. Oh, thank God! It's been half a fucking hour since I put you in there. How the? F what the fuck? Get us out of here, you old fool! I can't get you out. Have a look around. See if there's anything there. What do you see? See, we get out of here. We're having words. I mean, we can have words right now, but you know. Until you find a way out of there, there's nothing more you can do. Oh, God fucking damn it. <laughs> okay, what are the three of you doing? So, what is the source of light here? How, how big is it? Uh, elaborate, because that, I'm, I'm confused. Okay. How big is the room? Is it? Are we in pitch black or is there light? No, you can see. You can see. Uh. Yeah, but do we see as in dark vision or do we see no, as in there's brightly light? Lit. It's brightly lit. The room is about a hundred. It's one hundred and fifteen feet from wall to wall, or one hundred and ten feet wall to wall. So, that's the scope of the room. Like I said, the only discernible feature in this room is the, the rectangular water pool in the center of it. I'm going to go to the water. And okay. I need... Uh... Does anyone have a stick? You yes. Should, I was about to say, you should have control of your characters. I made sure to do that before the session. Yeah. Okay. Zaris, when you get to the, the pool, what are you doing? Uh, before I stick my stick in it, I'm going to roll an arcana check on the water because I'm I specialize in water anyway. Okay. So, nat twenty, nat twenty. It's water, but the the stone boundaries of the pool begin to light up in a red 
fluorescent runic design. You don't get any sense of danger from it. You feel like it's a proximity effect. But you do see that on the northern curved section of the pool, in addition to the runic design that goes along the border, there is a large um, glowing red crescent moon that has a skull in the middle of it. Yeah, I don't like skulls. Uh, I'm going to use a spell to freeze the water completely. Um, I'm going to use Ice Wave. It's a cantrip, so I'm going to use Ice Wave to freeze all of that. that. That entire pool. I want it frozen. Okay. So you freeze the water that you can see sitting in the, the basin of the pool. The, the, the runic inscriptions and the, the depiction of the, the, the moon and the skull don't change. But underneath, sort of at the, very, at the very brim of the curvature of that part of the border, you see three new lines. Of, you see lines of text appear. Same coloration, same script, same ha- like sort of handwriting, written style. Uh, and it reads as follows. I have towns with no people, mountains of no stone, and deserts of no sand. Tell me Can what I am. Can you repeat that but slow? I have towns with no people, mountains of no stone, and deserts of no sand. Tell me what I am. Anybody hazarding, I guess? Okay. I heard the first part. So I have towns with no people. Mountains of no stone. And deserts of no sand. Anybody? I wanted to uh, history check. Okay. Go ahead and roll. What is it you're trying to figure out? It, it was mainly on the skull and crescent moon. Okay. What was your roll? That's an 18. Okay. So with an 18, you can tell that this combination of symbology is one that is scattered throughout Vardor. It's not commonly used, but you can find it in 
a few locations across the world. It is used to depict the deceiver, the deity that attempted to betray the gods and cause a war amongst the, the planes. The deceiver is the one that is commonly referred to as the boogeyman in Vardor. So make a make that. I'm make not a hu- I'm not a hundred percent certain, but I think I might have the answer. I think I might as well. Okay, so I'm gonna f- uh, actually yeah, I'm gonna flip a coin. Heads is gonna be Zaris. Tails is gonna be Alara, and whoever it lands on, that's who's answering first. Tails. So. Which is moi. What's your answer? I really hope I'm not fucking wrong, but what's going through my mind is a map. Okay. Do you speak that out loud, or are you just thinking it? Uh, I'm gonna... (laughs) I would speak it out loud normally, but because I got us in this bloody mess, I'm fucking scared, so I'm just gonna... There's any way I can just sort of tell my Anon and Zaris what I'm thinking. Uh, I better speak out loud. You know what? Fuck it. I'll speak out loud. Screw <laughs> it. I got us in this mess. Hopefully, I can get us out. Screw it. Okay, so you say the word map. Yeah. Okay. As you speak that word, you feel yourselves. It's almost like gravity is increased. The intensity of gravity is increased. It's not pushing you down. It's drawing you into the water. As you guys get fully submerged into the water, you see that familiar flash of bright white light hit you. And you feel yourselves... It's almost like you're being pushed forward. It's like the momentum. It's like you, like you, you, you guys fell face first into that water, but you feel like you're being pushed forward by some sort of entropic pooling sensation. You guys come to consciousness again and you find yourselves in the center of a circular gladiatorial pit. It's at this point that you hear the voice of Artemis again going, What the hell just happened? There, there was a riddle type thing. I, I, I spoke out the answer. Nope telling my buddies about it, and now we're in some fucking arena-looking thing. Um... Ah, uh, goddammit! Okay, okay, hold on. Does that mean I got the riddle wrong? No, I don't think so! As long as... You're... Are you in a new place? Uh, uh, Yeah! Okay. Well, that's something. Give me a second. For you... someone that designed this, you know, you're, you're, you, you, you think you know a bit more about your created dimensions and stuff. So I you, didn't you know, you say made it this. was perfect, asshole. I didn't say it was perfect. You put us in here. I know I asked you what to say, but you asshole, a bloody smile before we went in here. You're fuck. You're bloody testing us, old man. You're testing us. You, you swear that it's about ten seconds that go by, and. 
in that time, you see that there is spheres of light appearing around the outer perimeter of the curvature of this, this arena. It's not one color. It's the entire possible color spectrum that's being represented. You begin to see that there's also small symbols appearing on the gates that are on the nine and three o'clock positions in this pit. Somebody go ahead and make me an arcana check. 19. Okay. The symbols represent the different schools of magic. But they don't seem to be wards that need to be deactivated. They're more representations. And you get the feeling that each of them is differently lit up in terms of intensity. So evocation is dim compared to necromancy. And in comparison to uh, enchantment, necromancy is dim as well. They've all got different levels of intensity in terms of how lit up they are. You hear, the, you hear Artemis' voice come back over the environment again. Well, what did you see? Where are you? Anything happened? I hope you're not dead. See a bunch of bright lights that represent the, the schools of magic. Really? Which one's lit up the most? You said necromancy was lit up the most, right? Enchantment. Enchantment? Alright, so yeah, I'll yell out enchantment. Oh, okay. Um, I used to specialize in enchantment back at the temples in Zyuri. Oh, you're seeing my magical skills. You're seeing the arts of Arcana that I specialize in, how well I know each of them. Wow, that's interesting. Holy shit. So does this mean I didn't screw us over answering the riddle? I don't know. I mean, you're, you're not out of the ball. I mean, if, if you'd screwed up, then I'd assume you'd be dead. Oh, love of Christ. Right. Fair enough. <laughs> Somebody make a perception check for me. Somebody else is going to have to do it because I just rolled really low on that one. <laughs> what did you roll? A nine. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, not your finest moment. Yeah, I got a ten. You got a ten. Ilara, please try and help your comrades. Well, I, I got a roll for 20, so I just need to see if there's a modifier on that for a You rolled for a me. crit? Alright. Okay. Yeah, that... Uh, Fuck yeah, that's fine. You don't need to tell me what your modifier is. You roll a nat 20. Okay. So, you take a couple of minutes to survey the area. You see that this section of the, the pit is another gateway. It's a massive wrought iron double door gate that on either side of it has got thick, heavy-duty metal chains that are attached to hand cranks. You get the sense that this is how 
the ex this this is the exit to the pit and the cranks are how the the door is opened for uh, for creatures and people to get in and out you can definitely tell that it takes two people in order to open this door so i'm going to relay relay that back to Anon and Zarathon okay you relay that back what's your decision what's your plan of action Well, considering I screwed us over so far, I'm a bit scared making another step now. Anybody else got a plan? I'm worried if we open it, something's going to come out. Go ahead and make a perception check for me. That is a 19. 19? You don't hear any sort of sounds in this environment that would give you the sense that there is another creature lingering or hiding or anywhere nearby. So, what do you guys do? Question. Yes. Did it was there enough time that you would say that I would have a first level spell slot back? Uh are you asking for a short rest? No, would we have enough time of everything that went on from the time that I gave Alara the cigar till now would have been a long rest. A long rest, no. Okay, so I don't have a first level spell slot. Okay. Damn it. In the material plane, i.e. where Artemis is, it has been about three hours since he approached you and basically offered you a, a reward. I can't get spell slots back unless I do a long rest. So, okay. Um, I have no strength to go in and pull the uh, rank. So, whoever has higher strength needs to be the one ones to go do it. My strength at zero. So, yeah, mine it mine Wait. is. Is your modifier a zero? Mine is two. Wow. Okay. Looks like it's me then. Well, there needs to be two of you because there's two cranks. I'll go up for this. I'll go for the second one. Okay. Both of you go ahead and roll. I was toying between whether or not it would be a strength check or a strength saving throw. So I will be. I'll err on the side of a strength check. Because you're not really saving yourself from anything at this point. Oh, thank God I rolled decently. 16. Anon? That's 18. Okay. You guys begin to crank the... You guys begin to turn the cranks, you hear the chains begin to creak and uh, clunk together as the door begins to lift itself up. 
you get it a third of the way up before you begin to feel the weight of the door and gravity sort of fighting against you. Go ahead and make another one for me. That's 13. Okay, I heard 13 from Anon. I didn't hear what Elena got. 17. 17. Again, you push on, you summon all your strength, you tense, you actually feel your muscles being tense, and you manage to get the door two-thirds of the way up. Go ahead and make another one. Zadis, what are you doing at this point? I want to roll Arcana checks on these runes that I see around. Um specifically the necrotic and enchantment one because necrotic i'm learning the processes of necromancy but enchantment is one of the three schools that i specialize in uh that being enchantment transmutation and evocation okay so i will say to you that these are representations of artemis's skill level in each one so it's more of a sort of like a vanity aesthetic point. It's like he's put it there to show off how good he is at each school of. Uh, so there's nothing really there. It's just there. No, like... they, don't, they don't serve a function. They're purely aesthetic. Okay. Um, it's sort of like his own little vanity touch on the the environment. Kind of like, hey, I know this much about necromancy, or hey, I know this much about. Uh, conjuration and transmutation oh i mean if there's nothing else in this room other than that crank and that door what did you roll uh, for, what did you roll for the uh the arcana check or did you roll it uh, no i didn't i was going to until okay, you said well, that it was ahead, all like, go ahead and roll basically it. posters go ahead and roll it anyway because you were you were asking about that specific thing but i'll let you roll it in a more general sense uh 21. With a 21, down the alleyway that the big metal door opens up into, uh, you get a magical ping that wasn't there when you guys arrived. It's a roughly 10 foot wide uh, in diameter circle uh, that is at the very back of this hallway. So you don't get any sense of like negative magical energy off of it. it you actually don't know what it does but the fact that it was it wasn't there when you guys first arrived you can put two and two together and kind of come up with the the notion that in the process of opening this door that's when it arrived and i uh how how much is the door one of those doors that swings out or does it go up goes like up. like a gate goes, goes up. up yeah could i use ice wave to basically give Anon and Alara the help action in raising this door up? Yeah. So, Anon and Alara, go ahead and roll your third strength check with advantage. Good thinking, Zyrus. I like Thank that. You. I like that. That's a 19. 19, Alara. 16. 16 holy fuck okay yeah you guys managed to get the uh you get the door to go to its highest point and you hear this 
clicking sound as it does. And you feel that the weight of the door is no longer on the cranks. It's almost like something's locked it into place. However, as you guys get the door to its highest point, you hear, coming from behind you, this guttural screaming sound, which if I can get the... If I can actually get it to work, would be absolutely incredible. So if my if my token was there and both of theirs were here, then it would be coming from down here. Yeah, it would be coming okay. from down there. But for whatever reason, I am unable to get the goddamn thing to reveal itself. So I'm gonna put another one in. You see appearing in a black circle of magical energy. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Like, okay. <laughs> is God, this God. roughly 20 foot obsidian made gargoyle with razor sharp claws and just a absolute look of hatred and hostility on its face. Need you guys to all go ahead and roll initiative for me. In hell. Can we not just like hug the beast and like I mean I mean if you want to go and give this guy a hug, then by all means go ahead, but I don't know how well it's gonna work out in your favor. 19 for me. Uh 19 for Zarus. Elera. Nine. A nine. Nope, nope, that wasn't Ilara, that was Anon. My apologies. Anon, your initiative roll, please. Twelve. Twelve, okay. Knight's roll four is the gargoyle. If I can find his uh, stat sheet real quick. Okay. Rolled a 17. So it's going to go... Zaris, the Gargoyle, Anon, and then Alera. So, Zaris, we hand on over to you. Okay. Um, bonus action, Hex the Gargoyle without a spell slot okay. uh, and uh, components for it. Um, then I'm going to... Start off by doing Eldritch Blast on it. Okay, go ahead and see if you can hit it. So, plus five. Uh, 19 to hit. That hits. Go ahead and roll damage. Find the right dice. And then... Where is oh, D6? Okay. So for Eldritch Blast, 1D10, cold damage, uh, 9. 9? Plus the, plus the D6 for Hex, 6. So that's 15 total. Yeah. Give me one second whilst I note that down.
Okay, beautiful. You watch as your Eldritch Blast streaks across the room and impacts square in the middle of the gargoyle's chest. As it impacts, you see the energy dissipate across its, uh, across its body. And... Hold on a second. Perfect. Okay. You know, this is actually the first time that I've actually had to look at a creature's stat block and actively see whether or not it's got resistance to anything that you guys have thrown at it. And it's, yeah, okay, that's fine. Uh, you watch as the, the pale blue energy of your Eldritch Blast sort of, like, like I said, dissipates across its chest before dying out. And all you hear is this, Okay, so before we move on, did it have resistance? Because no. I need to know. No, it didn't. It, okay. Like just said, so was, you know. That was, that was just me saying that this is the first time I've had check. <laughs> so just as a heads up, my Patreon ignores resistances and makes immunities turn into resistances. So if it was resistant, I ignore that. Oh, you're fucking broken. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So okay. Yeah. That's just fine. That's just fine. for clarification, just for next time, if you go and look that up, I okay. ignore resistances and turn it, it immunities into resistances. Okay. That's fine. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to do with your turn? Uh, I've used bonus action. Action. Um, I'm going to use my movement to move 5, 10, 15, 20. I can move 20 right there. And I am going to end my turn. Okay. That is going to bring us on over to the gargoyle. Oh, no, it's not. Apparently, it pushes on to, uh, Anon. Okay, we come to the Gargoyle. As it recovers from the blast of cold energy from Zyrus's Eldritch Blast, uh, it sort of shakes its head and sort of casts its gaze across the, the pit that you guys are standing in. It tracks where Zyrus is going, but it decides that it's going to use its movement to come up and towards the left, towards Anon and Elera, turning to face you guys as it does. And that is going to end its turn. We come... Oh my god, my mouse keeps double-clicking. Okay. Anon, over to you. Anon? Yeah, hold on. Okay. Right, I am first going to go into stealth. Okay, go ahead and roll stealth for us. That was a 16. A passive perception is... Yep, okay. You are... You are in stealth. What are you doing next? Now I'm going to shoot it with my short bow. 
Okay, go ahead and roll for your attack. That's a 23. That hits. Go ahead and roll damage. And then you can describe where you're hitting it. And because I'm in stealth, I also get sneak attack. Okay, awesome. Okay. Damage. Right, that's a eight damage. Eight damage, okay. I'm gonna note that down. Where are you hitting it? On its left wing. Okay. You see the arrow lodge itself within the one of the big fleshy panels of its wing. It doesn't cause a whole lot of damage but it does puncture it ever so slightly is there anything else that you'd like to do with your with your turn before we head on over to elera yeah i'm gonna move okay where are you going there okay we're gonna switch on over to elera now elera what are you gonna do I too would like to use Elder's Blast. Okay, go ahead and roll to see if you can hit it. Lara, two, two things before I forget, because I have them on my character sheet. Remember, you have the cigar, and you also still have a Hellish Frost on your sword. So if you go into melee range, you have those. Well, that might be a change of plan, then. <laughs> right, I'd like to spark up my cigar, please. Yep, go ahead. So, okay. the remind me of the spell, Zaris. Uh, a frost barrier? Yeah. So, frost barrier makes it to where that for one minute, um, they, your, their AC increases by three, and if an enemy attacks that person, they have to make a constitution saving throw against my spell's save DC, and if they fail, they take 1d4 cold damage. Okay, awesome. Just so... Okay, then after I spark, after I spark up Cigar, I want to... I still want to catch it, cast uh, Eldritch Blast on the Gargoyle for now. I still want to keep a bit of a distance from him. Okay. So your AC, go, your AC goes up by, what was it, three? Yes. Yeah, okay. Plus three. Just give me note on this one here. I guess that's what I'm doing. My put up tomorrow. Plus the three. That'd be oh Christ, twenty two. Twenty two to hit. Yep, that definitely hits. Go ahead and roll your damage. Damage then is because that's my D eight one, isn't it? I think. Ah, I have a D8 plus 2. D no. D no. No. Your D8 plus 2 is for your sword, isn't it? 
Oh, bugger. I, right. Sorry, sorry. That's my D20. Sorry. Messing up. Your, messing up. D10, your D10 is for your uh, Eldritch Blast damage. I, I, I still get mixed up. No, it's okay. Just That would be a 7. 7. Okay. Noting that down. And then I is going to move a wee bitty. A wee bitty? <laughs> a wee bitty, boys. Right, we're just going to move over a bit there. And then I'm going to end. You're going to end your turn. Okay, bringing us back over to Zaris. Top of the order. Okay. Um. Start off with movement. Uh huh. Right there. So that I can get in sight of range. Uh. And then. Uh, I'm going to use frostbite. On okay. the um, on the gargoyle. Uh, you need to make a constitution saving throw. Oh, goody. Uh, where's this column modifier? Awesome. 19. Yeah, that saves. Um, you're still going to, because you're hex, you're still going to take 1d6 damage from the, the hex. Okay. Because I did hit you with a spell. Uh, it would have been 2d6 if you failed the constitution saving throw. Ooh, nice one. Uh, five damage. Okay. Um, I can't do anything else, so that is my turn. Okay, excellent. Bringing us on over to the gargoyle itself. It is going to use its movement to charge towards Zarus, and it is going to use its multi-attack to take it can make two attacks one with a bite and one with its claw so it's going to start off with the bite attack and that is going to be a 17 to hit yep okay i'll roll damage for that just now so that i don't forget so you're going to take four points of piercing damage okay. and for the claw attack you are going to uh, actually yeah see if it hits first 15 yep okay that's going to be eight points of slashing damage okay. so you feel the gargoyle's teeth going into your your, your right shoulder as it draws back, you see its right arm sweep down towards you in a, an arcing motion, and it, its claws drag across the front of your chest, down towards the, uh, the fleshy part just before your left hip. And, uh, yeah. You are... You got hit, buddy. Yep. Moving on over to Anon again. Right, I am going to move to... Okay. So you're coming in within melee range of it? Yes, I am. And I am going to hit it with my rapier. 
your rapier, okay? Roll to see if you hit. So that's a 27 to hit. Yeah, you definitely hit. And I still have sneak attack. Okay. And that's nine damage. Nine? Okay. That's total, right? Anon? Yeah. That's total. That's total. Yeah. Okay. No, I just, I didn't know if you added your sneak attack damage yet or not. Okay. Moving no, on. Moving on to Elera. How far am I allowed to move? I believe your movement is 30 feet. So how do I check, you know, so like one box is what, five feet, yeah? Yeah. One box is five feet. Okay. Five times, five times. So 30 feet, you say I can only move. Yeah. Right. I'm going to go here. Because um, I can't really make an attack there at the moment. I'm just going to shout at the, guy, the gargoyle, Hey, you bastard, over here! Okay, so and you're trying to draw its attention. I'm trying to taunt it. Okay. Is there any bonus actions that you'd like to do? Anything, anything else like that? I'm going to keep them safe for now. Okay. Top of the order. Zarus, recovering from those two strikes, what are you doing? Um, at this point, the gargoyle is like it, it's uh, it's got its wings like above shoulder height, it's trying to create this large daunting presence almost like um how you would defend yourself from a bear if you came across it in the wild trying to make yourself look as big as possible trying to scare like trying to outsize your opponent yeah so at the moment i'm left with two options i can either attack it and deal a bunch of damage to it and then go down on my next turn or i can give it dis or, or i can disengage and waste a turn trying to get away from this thing. It's up to you. Um, you don't know for certain that it will only attack you. I mean, it's got it's got Anon right behind it, and it's and Alera is trying to catch its attention as well. Um, I will. I'll take a risk and I'll attack it. Uh, I'm gonna spend a charge on my staff. Okay. And hit it with a melee attack. Okay, go ahead. Fucking hell yeah, nat 20. Nat 20, nice one. First one of the... No, no, it's not the first one of the night. I apologize. Uh, so, 4d8 for the crit. Let's go. Plus 2d6 for hex. Let's go. Fifteen for the the uh, staff. Uh huh. And eight for the hex. Okay, 
what kind of damage is coming out of your staff? It's all cold damage. It's all cold damage, okay. You watch as the energy that comes out of your staff spreads across the gargoyle's wings and freezes them to the point where as they try to shake it off, the one on the right shatters completely. You hear it screaming from the pain. <laughs> as it sort of spins its head round to the right, trying to look at what the fuck just happened to it. And as you... What was the other damage you did? Was it the, the hex? Yeah, the hex is the yeah. eight damage, yeah. Okay. Um, you see that the light in its eyes is beginning to dim. This thing is beat the fuck up. It's not looking too good. So, it's going to... Well, I'm gonna, I'm oh, gonna move. You're gonna move, okay? Where are you moving to? Uh, I'm gonna take an attack of opportunity to move there, which is my okay. thirty feet. Need to make to get sure. away from it. Need to see if it hits you first. Uh, this is gonna be a claw attack. Yep. That's a seven. It doesn't hit. Okay. You're fucking lucky. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you would have hit, I would have been down. Okay. So. As it comes to the gargoyle's turn, it's going to turn 180 degrees and it's going to hear Alara's taunts and it's going to risk taking the attack of opportunity and it's going to charge towards Alara. Anon, you do have that attack of opportunity, so go ahead and uh, uh, let us know what you're doing. Brilliant. I'm going to hit it with my rapier again, seems it's out. Okay. That's a crit one. Okay, so in the brief in the brief second that it takes for this gargoyle to spin around and make its way towards Alara, you feel like you have enough time to try and hack at its ankles and try and you know either cause it to fall over or at least deal some sort of reactionary damage. You misjudge the swing entirely and you just hit thin air before your rapier collides with the dust on the ground. Ilera, as the gargoyle makes its way over to you, using its momentum, it's going to go ahead and make a claw attack, uh, aiming for your face. Wow. That's a 10, so I already know that that doesn't hit. And, uh... Yeah, there's nothing else that it can do. It's uh, it's out of actions at this moment in time. Anon, your turn. Right, I'm gonna move, and I'm gonna strike with my rapier. Okay, go ahead and roll. Surely you can't roll two nat ones in a row. That's a 17. That hits. Go ahead and roll damage. I still have sneak attack because Alara's there as well. Okie dokie. I can't add. What did you roll? That's 17 total. How do you want to do this? 
Can I just cleave it in half in like at the waist? Um, sure. Go ahead and describe it. I'll let you. Uh, I'll let you take. I'll let you take. I'll let you take agency over this. Being enraged that I had missed the fr the last time, I come charging in. I swing high and hard, and I it just cleaves in two, right at the waist. And very cartoonish, it kind of looks down, blinks, and then splits into two. Okay. Ilara, with this gargoyle quite literally face-to-face -face with you, as it recovers from missing its uh, claw attack at you, you watch Anon run over and cleave this thing in half, and both parts of it just go onto the ground in front of you. It's dead. And there is a pool of strangely, like, really, really dark crimson blood just pooling out of both halves of it. For fuck's sake. So, as, as combat comes to a close, you guys once again find yourselves being the only creatures in this, in this pit. As you all catch your breath, you hear... A voice resonating across the pit. It's not that of Artemis. This one's a little different. A creature of value. Some have many and some have few. A tail and a head, yet nothing between. What am I? Repeat slower, please. A creature of value. Some have many, others have few. A tail and a head, yet nothing between. What am I? Surely it's money. Do you say it out loud? Yes. Okay. As Anon speaks the word money into existence, you all feel that somewhat now familiar entropic pooling force that has transported you to the several different locations that you have just spent. Well, you don't know how long you've been in here for, so there's that. You guys come crashing down on your feet in the middle of Artemis's little studio apartment workshop, lab, space. You hear this, Ah! How the fuck did you get out? You son of a bitch. <sighs> Don't look at me! You're the one that asked. But you sighed, I fucking... I don't know what you're talking we, about. We saw you smile. I don't know what you're talking about. Zara Saddam, please say you sold this Bucker smile before we went in. I don't know what you're talking about. He looks at Zyrus and goes, Oh shit, you're hurt. Get up, get, sit down, sit down before you die. He runs over to uh, the shelf where there's all the, the potions of, uh, of healing and uh, he hands you this. It's, it's a large beaker. And he just hands it to you. It's this bright pinkish uh, 
fluorescent liquid and he just hands it to you and goes, Here, drink this. I don't want you dying in my home. What is the roll? Uh, I will say that because of the amount of liquid that's in there, it's enough to put you back to full HP. Okay. So, he looks at the three of you and just goes, Well, I guess we now know what the ball can do. Tell me. Um, is it of any use to you? No. Oh, okay. Okay. And he, he sort of, he holds out his hands to, like, almost like a gesture of, give it back then. Because it's now, uh, li it's, it's lying on the floor. He dropped it as soon as you guys fucking disappeared. I am going to very carefully pick it up and hand it back to him. Okay. And he looks at the three of you and just goes, well, if you don't want this, I've got a couple extra things that you might want. So. Nope. Nope. I'm. Nope. Like, go. And I'm, I'm going to no, turn no, to Anon no, no, and Alara. No, 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 no gonna, this is this is non-negotiable. Roll a D6. Yeah. For all of us? Yeah, all of you. Go ahead and roll six. a D6. You I rolled, rolled a, a six. You, ro you rolled a six. Okay. Yeah. Five. Oh, you motherfucker. Uh, okay, Anon, roll again. One. You rolled a one. Okay. Actually, for all three of you, that, that, that tracks. So, we'll go in order. Zarus, you get the Ring of Recall. Or Recall, as you guys would pronounce it. What does that do? This is a platinum ring that allows the user to regain one spell slot when a failed attack or uh, when a failed roll is made. Oh, you, you done fucked up. <laughs> you, can only, you, done f you can only use the feature once per long rest. I mean, that's perfectly so if fine. You, if you make a spell attack and you fail, you can use the ring to roll it again, but it's the only time you can do it until you get until you take a long rest. Oh, you done fucked up. <laughs> you done fucked up. Well, not as much. What is that called? The ring, ring of ring of recall. R e c a l l. Ilera. The one that I called you an asshole for rolling a five for. Uh oh. Artemis hands you a small pouch it is a little leather pouch filled with a ground up substance inside it you take a whiff and you know this smell very very well you recognize it as coffee he hands you the pouch and says hey, this is a very special kind of coffee it's the last of it that I have um it's called dragon blood coffee and with that, I'll, I'll, I'll detail what Dragon Blood Coffee does because I was not anticipating any of you getting this. For one round of combat, the drinker's speed is tripled and they gain a plus three to their AC. For 24 hours, 
they gain advantage on saving throws and can perform two actions instead of one. And this can only be drank once. Once it is used, it is consumed, and it can no longer be redone. Damn. That was the first legendary item I created in homebrew. I did not anticipate you getting it. Well, thank you, DM. Yeah, well, thank yourself. You're the one that rolled a five. So, Anon. The, par mm -hmm. the party's only rogue. And I say that this one tracks because I create I actually pulled this from a TikTok video and it was created for rogues. So you get the brick of subtlety. It's a rare item. When impacted on another object. This enchanted brick absorbs 100% of the sound that was made by the impact and holds it for 60 seconds. After that time has passed, the sound is released regardless of where the holder is. Meaning, you can smash a window, it doesn't make any sound, but 60 seconds later, regardless of where you are, the sound of broken glass will come out of the brick. Okay. He, Artemis hands you each of the, uh, hands each of you these, these items. And he just goes, I, I'm sorry if I put you in any danger. I didn't mean to. That wasn't my intention. But, um, hell, maybe, maybe I can pull some sort of information from what you guys experienced out of that ball in order to help fix any of the glitches that were, you know, made. Um, uh, okay. Uh, he, he starts, he spends about five minutes going through and asking you questions about what you went through. He, you guys regale him with uh, what you saw. Uh, you tell him about the, the riddles, you tell him about the uh, the inscriptions that you saw and all that, he starts scribbling in it, scribbling it down frantically. And he looks at you and he just goes, well, I mean, I promised you a reward for helping out the settlement and I, I gave you a reward. He looks at you, Elera, <laughs> and he goes, I'm kind of sad to see the last of my dragon blood coffee go, but I'm, it's okay. Uh, given, given what you guys have been through, then I feel like that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Um, you guys obviously aren't staying in town. I'm assuming you guys have got somewhere to be, so I'll let you take your leave. But, you know, if you're ever coming back here, feel free to pop on over and say hello again. Just, just warn us if you've got, like, any things to test before we do. <laughs> <laughs> you get the sense that he is genuinely sorry. He is genuinely remorseful, and he, he feels a little bit guilty about what happened. And he does want, he, like, he does hope that this made up for any harm that befell you guys. 
Um, I am genuinely putting the ring on and I am genuinely walking out to go and get my meat that we stole <laughs> earlier to go and no, take no, that said meat and put it back it. onto the boat. You didn't steal it. You didn't it. steal the meat. It's a cleaver that, that I stole. Yeah, you bought the meat and you gave it to the citizens of the settlement to go and put on Tigan's ship whilst you went and investigated. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm going to go <laughs> get that meat and I'm going to go take it back to the ship and I, I want say, to get the fuck off this island. I will say that by now the meat is on the ship and Tygen is probably just waiting for you guys to get back to the ship so with that i'm imagining that you all get the fuck out of this guy's apartment Absolutely. i'm getting the fuck off the island <laughs> <laughs> okay it takes you about 45 minutes to get back to the the beach and to get back onto Tygen's ship uh as you get up the gangplank onto the deck of the ship Tygen stood there just sort of twiddling his thumbs at the at the helm and he sees the three of you uh, rock up on the ship. And he just goes, where the fuck have you guys been? Oh, don't even fucking ask. I mean, I, I don't, don't want to talk, I, I I talk about it. I feel I like I just think I, I send you to in, I send you into town and go and get some food and you're gone for six hours. Look, look what you just like, let's not even talk about it. OK, for, uh, what I want you to do nope is quite literally get us on this boat, start to set sail, get the fuck away from this island, and I don't ever want to see this island ever fucking again. Now, please let us leave. He looks at Lara and just goes, what the fuck happened to him? Uh, doesn't matter what happened to him, but you've got your meat, and I got this cleaver for it. He looks at Anna and just goes, what the fuck happened to these two? It's been quite the afternoon. Well, I, I hope we have tea. Oh yeah, we got tea. We got tea downstairs. Uh, okay. Well, I guess our business here is concluded. Um, kind of sad that Zara never wants to come back here again. I kind of like this little island, but hey ho. Uh, he looks at you and he goes, "Got something to say?" Yep. If I had fucking fireball stocked, like. This island would not exist. <laughs> this is this is an epitome you're of an my I, existence. You're an asshole. I hate this fucking place. Hate, Let's go. You're so islandist. I mean, how dare you? I worked hard to create this island. I got rickrolled. <laughs> you nearly I got, got murdered. Stuffed into a, you I got didn't notice the last minute. I was fucking I holding it. I got stuffed into a staff. <laughs> Almost died. Ah, you were fine. You weren't having to make death saving rolls just yet. It was on three HP. <laughs> okay, dead. I practically was after fucking fighting dragon. I mean, we'll we'll discuss that at the end of the session. But for now, you see, Tygen begins issuing orders to the crew, set, uh, releasing the sails. You guys begin to set sail, departing from this island. Uh, I will say that. You guys go down into the, the interior of the ship. You get a long rest. So we will cut to the next morning. You all have... Oh, I got my spell slot back. You have all your spell slots back. You have all your hit points back. You have everything back. So as you wake up in the morning, Zarus, you have a pounding headache. You're, yep, I've you're, got one right now. <laughs> IRL. Your chest is... It's not sore, but it's like... It's tender. A little bit. 
um you all wake up in the morning and you the first thing that hits you is the smell of cooked meat and you know that it is definitely breakfast time so as you make your way out of the, the living quarters into the main social area of the ship you see that the both Tigan's crew and the shipwreck crew that you guys saved a couple of days beforehand are all situated. They're all drinking and eating. Uh, Tigan isn't there. He is currently on the deck, uh, making sure that you guys are maintaining course. So, is there anything that you guys would like to do in a social RP regard? If we're out on the ocean and we're traveling to the island, how how long is the destination there? Because I'm going to make some more cigars. I will say that from the island you just left to get to Dark Toe, it's going to take you another two days. Two days? So I can essentially make... How many long rests can we get in the two days? Uh, or are you classifying the 24 hours as long a long rest? Yeah, yeah, for every day you get one long rest. Okay, I'm going to create within those two days uh two more cigars okay i'm gonna put another frost barrier in one and a summon uh lesser undead in the other okay okay how much tobacco have you got left uh i you gave me a full canister okay so, so i'll say three you you've used three cigars for magical purposes how many have you used just for general smoking because I used one in the crow's nest and one before we left okay, so that's uh, to go to the first I'll so five. Yeah, I'll say that you've got about half a canister left. Okay, so I'm going to roll the two rolls. The first one is for Frost Barrier. Mm-hmm. Uh, 17 for the Frost Barrier. Successful. And Summon Undead uh, Nat 20. Definitely successful. Okay. So now whoever if I smoke this or if somebody else smoke this, they can cast the spell. Yeah, depending on which one you give them. Yeah. Okay. Ilara, Anon, uh, Zaris, is there any like RP things that you would like to get done in this traveling time uh before we hit the shores of Darkto or Actually, yes, there is. Lovely. <laughs> Okay. I made a th- I said something to Alara about asking about the uh the spell casting which she has not done before and I would like to go in and talk about it. Okay, even I'm curious. I don't even remember what the fuck this is about. Alara is a warlock and I didn't realize that she was a warlock because she's been using her her fucking uh rapier the entire time. So I never knew that she was a spellcaster. Okay. She's been doing Eldritch Blast and shit. So yeah. and I never knew that she was a spellcaster, so I'm curious now. Okay. Okay. So go ahead. Alright, so I I'm gonna go look for Alara. Okay. Alara, where are you? I'm currently staring at the meat. Oh my god. Staring at the meat? <laughs> meat. <laughs> I'm just not bloody knockered. I'm just sort of like, I'm uh, fucking, I'm uh, fucking food. eat food. Oh. 
So I'm going to walk up behind Alara and I'm going to be like, hey, Alara, so if the food's almost done, do you mind if we uh, we sit together and we uh, I ask you a few questions? Is this going to be like an open discussion or a private chat? Open, it's fine. Um, okay, uh, I, I guess. You know, you, you told me stuff about you the other night, so I guess... Guess it's my turn. Okay. So I'm going to cut off a piece of the meat and start making me a plate. And we'll go sit down somewhere to, to kind of eat and talk. Okay. Um, so when we sit down and start eating, I'm going to look to Lara and say, well, you know, I never pegged you for a spellcaster. Ah, shit. I knew this was going to come up eventually. Um... Yeah, there's... <clears throat> what do you want to know? I mean, it's not really bad. Uh, like, I saw you cast Eldritch Blast several times, and it kind of just got me curious as to who you pledged your services to. Uh... Well, um... As you know, I told you a couple of days ago that I was kind of just abandoned. Um, you mean services to, like, my god, or you mean, like, services and trained, or...? Well, yeah, because, like, a page Well, Patreons are, like, semi-gods, so, yeah, you kind of have to, like, make a deal of some kind, like I did with mine. Like, I made a deal with my Patreon. What, now, granted, my Patreon doesn't necessarily require much of me for anything. Like, I don't have to pray to her or anything like that. But regardless of that, you know, I didn't anticipate you being a spellcaster or a warlock yourself. So when I saw you cast the spell, I was my interest was piqued. Not in a bad way, just you know, I'm spellcaster. I like to learn new things, you know, because I'm a sage and all that. I like to study things. It's one of my many hobbies, and it just piqued my interest. So, well, if it's something you can't, if, if it's something you can't talk to me about, that's fine. I, no, I no, 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 Zaris, I can. It's I'm just trying to think of the best way to describe it because even I'm still, you know, struggling to understand why things happen the way they did. But, uh, I mean, you told me the origin of your, you know, happened to you in the past, and I've, I've still not discussed that with Anon. I still kept that between us for now. If you ever want to tell Anon, I'll let you tell her, you know, yourself, because it's not my place to say bats. Uh, you know, I was abandoned, right? I mentioned that I was just chucked in the middle of nowhere. Sure. After reasons that was caused by uh, I'm trusting this stays like between us you know just uh, yeah I, I don't plan on telling anybody anything it, it this is this is simply what's the word for scientific purposes like studying purposes I'm trying to get a grasp on things you know I wasn't 
always a pleasant bounty hunter. You've like there's I was always pretty fucking brutal if I'm honest. I mean, like, I watched you chop the dwarf's foot off. That's pretty brutal. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was a foot, but that's tame compared to what I used to do. I used to do things that fucking the devil himself would spew at. I mean, you say that, but and then I point to my head. I, I'm I'm half devil. I I didn't mean it in that way, Alaris. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm saying it as a joke. It's it, it's a joke, Alaris. It's a joke. Um, I I I know. I'm just I'm I'm trying, you know. Uh, uh right. Well, the reason I was, I mean, this is a bit of a long story. So I hope I hope this uh, I hope this trip's going to take a while. I mean, it's a long... from what from what we were told when we got on the ship off of that dreadful fucking island that I never Don't want to speak of ever again. Yeah. Uh, we were we were told two days, so I mean we've got plenty of time. Okay, well my You know what, can I go I feel like I should have I guess a cigar as I'm, as I'm telling you this, buddy, because it's 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 a lot. I, I'll roll you up. I'll roll you up a regular one because I'm starting to run out of uh, tobacco, and I need to go and purchase some more. So let me roll you up a regular one. Uh, I'll roll one one up for you, just a regular cigar, and I'll pass it to you, and then I'll roll me up one, and that'll be about a quarter left for my tobacco. I, I appreciate that, buddy. I appreciate it. But I may as well start then, and then, and that's rolled. I'll spark. Um, reason I didn't really know my parents was my father was good with beasts. Like he, he was a beast tamer from where I come from, fucking dark and horrible place where I'm from, but. He used to train the kind of beasts for, you know, the council members or the higher authorities. Whereas my mother was, she actually worked for said council. And I was what you'd probably call an illegal birth. Like, it's like beast tamers and high council members don't mix. It just doesn't happen. So I was thrown out, just, just cast away. Yeah, you know, so you know, as as a toddler, I kind of had to fend for myself. I had I had the old kind of people take me under their wing, teach me abilities like my, my sword and rapier played. That was fine. And then I got a little bit blood hungry, where heads would come off, limbs would come off. Uh, I'd end up cutting them through their spines and hanging them up on poles to send a message, which kind of got me, you know, the name disemboweler. Because I Fine. nothing nothing was off limits when I was when I was attacking, uh, but it was the only way I could get money for myself, only way I could survive. You know, it's desperate times, desperate desperate measures, and you know, eventually I'd I I knew what I was doing was wrong. I I knew it was just no, you you don't do that sort of thing. But I, I needed the money. I needed to live. There was no other way out for me at that time. From you know. But was trained, and there was one sort of 
bounty that went quite wrong for me. Where it explains this bloody scar on my face here. I'll sort of point to the chin at this point. Not chin, uh, cheek. There was... <laughs> I'm not going to mention the name of the guy, but there was... <sighs> I, I, got, I got the kill. I killed the motherfucker. I, I stabbed his fucking friends the most funnest way possible, you know, in the chest and then on their faces I, I killed the hit and then the guy went for my cheek I you know, he was dead, but a couple of fucking hell, is, is that cigar ready yet Zaris? Yeah, yeah I passed right. it off to you Ah, uh, so I made it out of that hit. I I I went to the, the you know tavern, had a had a few drinks. Uh, it turned out I was poisoned by one of them. I don't know if it was the bartender or if it was associates of the bounty, but yeah, I I was I was poisoned. I thought I was dead. Then. I I I, I kind of wake up with this weird kind of bright sort of purpley reddish light. Spoken, I, I was spoken to this person that was. You could see their their hair and body clear as day, but the face not not so much. And then they they were kind of asking me, kind of like it was like they they knew me where, like they. They said they had answers about my past or why things happened the way they did. If if they said I should, if I, you know I don't I don't know if I should go back to that place or not. But look, look I'm I'm going off on the tangent here. But the the Raven Queen had had approached me when I when I when I when I thought I was dead, and. I she she gave me the option. I I I be brutal and I be horrible, or I try and do good for people. And so I I I, I started getting weird kind of powers after I placed, you know, accepted her as, as as my patron. But I I I I don't know. It's still it's, I know what happened, but it still seems like kind of like it didn't to me. So I, I kind of just had these things and I'm I'm guessing like when we took down Dragon when when I was able to communicate with the beast I'm guessing that was my that was kind of from my father's side maybe I don't I could talk to the beast I don't know because I've only seen that beast like twice before we fought Dragon and it it, it felt like I'd had more experience with that creature I, I don't know but I'm I'm still kind of, I don't know what's going on, but I'm still clueless, but I'm, I I think it, I got it from the Raven Queen, buddy. That's, that's all I can really kind of answer. I've I've not really spoken to them since I was poisoned, so I, I, I don't know if, I don't know, but that's, 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 that's how I got the abilities as far as I know, but it's still, you know, yeah. Well, it almost sounds like you didn't even make a deal at all. It almost sounds like that they just gave you the gift, and yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, I do remember like the choice of 
of them saying, do I, am I happy with the way I'm going about things? Like, am I happy, you know, killing people the way I am just for money? Or would I rather do it for a more, as I remember, we're kind of, what they said was suitable purpose. I, 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 I'm guessing I must have accepted because there don't, I don't see why they just give me these abilities, you know, without, you know, accepting, you know, a deal with them or, you know, it just, I don't know, I'm, I'm just, I don't like to show the abilities too much, like, unless, you know, dire situations call and I'll, I'll, I'll show them, but I, Zaras, I've got so many names out there for myself, I don't want to have another one. Well, you know, it, it's... Now, granted, the the situation that you were put in does, in fact, and I hate to say it in this way, sound a little sketchy to me. But, you know, magic is not something to be afraid of. You know that, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, when you've got so many, you know, nicknames or names that there are such a reputation for yourself, you know, mixing, you know, swordplay with, you know, magic, it's, uh, yeah, I don't know, I just, like to kind of do subtle things with them, you know, and then if last minute I'll cast them, yeah, sure, I'll fucking, you know, cast them if, you know, my fucking life or my fucking comrade's fucking life depends on it, but well, I don't know, it's just it's too <laughs> I don't know, I just don't want another hit em. I just don't want another fucking bounty on my head, you know I've got enough, I've had enough as it is And, um, DM, can I kind of do something off-put? Yeah, sure. What would you like to do? I would like to roll a religion roll to see if the deal that was made with Alara was a shady deal or if it was a legitimate deal. Okay. I will say that because it's not your patron that you're contacting, I would make you roll at disadvantage. That's that's fine. So even with disadvantage, I did roll. If you said you rolled two nat twenties, I'll kill you. I didn't. No, I didn't. I didn't roll (laughs) twenty on any of them. So the first roll was a seventeen plus two, and then the second roll was a fifteen plus two. Okay, so a seventeen. Okay, so. You sit there for a minute and you sort of, you concentrate your mind to try and call out, not to the Ice Queen, but to the Raven Queen instead. You sort of, you focus all of your energy in a similar way to how you know to reach out to the Ice Queen, but you're you're tweaking it to reach out to Elera's patron instead. 
a couple of seconds go by and you swear that you're not getting anywhere with it. But just as you're about to give up, you feel this tingle at the back of your neck. And it's a very, very, very faint whisper. But all you hear is the words, What do you want, child? I will go back into my mind and speak telepathically as I would do with with my patron and state I apologize for disturbing you dear Raven Queen I am merely here in the retrospect of the story that was relayed to me of my newfound companion, I have come to slowly, not fully, but slowly grow fond of this individual. And I just want to know a little bit more about their said deal. Because it seems to me from the side of things of which they stand, they seem scared of you. And me and you both know that magic is not something that should be frightened of unless used in an abusive way. So I'm merely trying to help. You you get the feeling of it's almost as if she's impressed. It's almost like she's surprised that someone has been able to call out into the void and catch her attention. Not quite as quite as a whisper, but like a more like a mutter at this point. Her response comes in the form of You should know very well that the contract between a warlock and their patron is a deeply private matter. But I have been observing. I have been observing my disemboweler. My disciple that she has been perusing the plains of Vardor. I like this world. I hope that many more from its population will find me. Ilara was granted the powers that I have bestowed upon her with the intention that she may use them to... I don't know. Just cause a little bit of... Impact. Impact can take many forms. Chaotic. Lawful. Hell. 
she could even try she could even choose to be completely passive i want her to make a mark in this world i want her to make a name a new name her voice elevates ever so slightly it's more like general conversation uh tone and volume Ilara, you begin to hear this as well. It's in both of your heads. From the bit she mentioned to Zaris, or no, just from now? Just, just from now. Just no, from friend. now. You have not disappointed. You may have been bloody. You may have been excessive. But I have great plans for you. You do have an impact to make on this world. I have seen it. Empires will fall. Deities will be toppled. Realities will be shaken. But to the extent of which depends on how you and your companions act. I know who sent you on this journey. I do not agree with the person. We don't see eye to eye. Our core beliefs vary, very differently. Should you choose to continue along this path, depending on your success, I may be able to grant you even more power. I may be able to give you more renown. I may be able to turn you into a champion if you show me you are fit. But that's for you to make me very much aware of. That's for you to prove. That's for you to show me. The focus of the voice switches to Zaris. Both of you can still hear it. But... Just now, it felt like she was focusing on talking to Alara. Now she's focusing on Zaris. And you, Longstrider. Oh, I am quite aware of you. Very unusual. Very tantalizing. I've got my eye on you as well. You hold a power that not many in this world have ever seen. There's not many like you, and there's not many that have pushed through the struggles that you have, or come across the people that you have as well. Your deal interests me greatly. I'll be interested to, to see how you progress as well. The future holds things in store for both of you that, depending on what side of the coin you land on, you could either be kings, or you could be tyrants. You could be dead by tomorrow. You could live for eternity. It depends on how you flip that coin and what side it lands on. Does not mean that the coin cannot be manipulated. And don't shy away from a little bit of insanity. After all, what kind of patron would, patron would I be if insanity wasn't parted onto my warlocks? Now, I'm going to go. I have more knowledge to acquire. 
And, uh, there's others out there that need me. You did well to contact me, Longstrider. I'm impressed. But don't make a habit of it. You don't serve me. You don't want to go offending your patron now, do you? And with that, the voice, the voice vanishes. What did you do? Saris? Saris, what did you do? Alara, there are things that you must know. I may have revealed to you the basics of my story. But that's just it, isn't it? Like, a, story, not... a story is only ever finished when the last page is written. There are secrets that I still have yet to reveal as to what I am capable of. My story has not ended. I will say this, and this is for your benefit, because as I've told your patron, I have struggled my entire life to find people that I can trust. I am very slowly, very gradually coming to a point to where that I feel that it we are getting closer. Now, I contacted your Raven Queen not in the sense of harming you or disrupting the balance, but on the notion that you would end up being on the right side of the coin, as she stated. Your story that you relayed to me seemed off-putting so I did what I do best, and I contacted her, and I asked her the simple question as to your deal. And to the lack of the better term, she kind of answered it in a way. So for me, I'm going to tell you this. My Patreon is not the Raven Queen, and it never will be. What her goals are for you and the fact that she's watching me, that's completely on her, and that's her right to do so. She is a deity. She has that power, and she can do with it however she sees fit. But... Let me give you a fair warning. 
you said yourself that your titles hold some form of resistance to you, and rightfully so. You need to come to the realization that this is your story. Just like my life is my own story, my own book, with its own chapters that I write myself, you have your own story to write. You dictate the beginning, the middle, and the end of that story. Your titles are only one chapter. I think it's time for you to go in and start writing the next few chapters, if I do say so myself. I, I guess, I guess, I guess. Just, I'm not used to... To be honest, I've not been this open to anyone about anything, so... I've earned, fair enough, I bullet, but I basically, you know give you notes on about my past but even then no one else bloody knows the fact I've not even spoken to the Raven Queen since you know I thought I was dead um, then you can contact her within mere you know minutes there's something more to you you, you do speak sense so it's like I said in fact she even said it herself you're the one who dictates how you go about using this said power that she has bestowed upon you in my mind, that is more chapters for you to write. Depending on your decisions will determine how that said chapter will start and end. But at the end of the day, it all comes down to you. What, Alara, do you want? I just want to not be a puppet anymore. Um, then, then don't be. Your patron. is not one to be afraid of. Yes, she has unlimited godly-like power. But that doesn't mean that you have to be a slave to that. <clears throat> no, no. Just... You, you have the strength and the capabilities and the knowledge to take that said 
power that was granted and bestowed upon you and use it in such a way to change your story. If you truly mean what you say that you no longer want these derogative titles such as disemboweler or whatever other titles that may have bestowed upon you, use the power that was given to you to change those titles. Until your last breath, your story is not over. Okay. I'll say that this whole conversation takes, uh, takes place over an hour. So, we're going to jump to Anon. And uh, we're going to let Anon go through any day-to-day -day stuff. This is day one of your... Well, no, I'll say no. Yeah, I'll say we're on day two of the travel. So... Add on for two days travel. Is there anything that you would like to do as you journey towards Darktoe? There's two things I want to do. Great. What's the first one? The first one is that she is going to start forging some documents, in particular some false identification documents. Now she isn't going to finish them finish them just yet, but she's going to make a start on them. Okay. Go ahead and make a. I'll say either you can choose either a performance or a sleight of hand check. Sleight of hand is if you're going to be like really detailed about it. Performance is if you're just trying to make a generic forgery. I think I've actually lost my d20. <gasps> Found it. It is one of the biggest pains for a D&D &D player to lose a dice, let alone the D20. Yeah, and I'm going to do sleight of hand. Okay. That is a 24. Ooh, lovely. So... For the 24, I'll say that you spend a decent amount of time on day one. Uh, it's taking very considerate care to the detail that you put into these forgeries. You make sure that um, your handwriting is... It, there's like The documentation in Vardor is more magically printed. And it's, it uses a very common script font, and you get pretty much spot on to the font that is magically printed on do, on official documentation to the point where it would only be discernible that it's a forgery if someone who has been doing this for decades takes extensive amount of time to look over your documents. For any indiscrep uh, for any discrepancies, what's the second thing that you're wanting to do? Okay, so this one's going to take place in the middle of the night. Okay. So, uh, when it's dark, it dark darkest. She goes down into the bowels of the ship, into the smallest 
deepest crevice she can find. Okay. What she, is that? that? That's my book. Ah. And she casts Dancing Lights. Okay. It's a cantrip, so okay. she doesn't need anything. As soon as the four lights appears, she immediately stops the cantation and they go out. Okay. On the way way back out, she spots a spider. She tells it to fuck off <laughs> and keeps walking. As you as you catch a gl- as you catch the glimpse of this very small uh house spider, you get the feeling that it is indeed looking at you. You you, you tell it to fuck off, you, you dismiss it, um, you don't, you, you basically give it the impression that you're, you're not really interested in its entire existence, like, you're basically just dismissing the fact that it's a thing. Go ahead and make a wisdom saving throw for me. That's a 14. 14? With a 14, you feel this wave of presence inside your head. It doesn't take over, but it doesn't immediately go away. It hangs just for a brief moment at a time. You hear this this very faint voice on the wind and all it says is I'm still here and as quick like I said as quickly as it comes it goes away and after a couple of seconds the that feeling of presence inside your head goes away spider is still still looking at you even as you draw as even as you walk past it and you begin to exit the bowels of the ship. What are you doing? Then I act completely normal and go to bed. As if nothing had ever happened. Okay. Uh, You all bed down for the night of your second day's journey uh, on this second leg of your journey to to Darktoe. As you wake up the next morning, you see that the crew of the ship is a lot busier than normal. They are preparing cargo, taking it up from the the bowels of the ship onto the deck, prepping it to be offloaded, and basically just running a last-minute inventory. Tygen is not on the helm. The first mate is uh, taking that role. Uh, the navigator is just basically keeping a track of the course that you guys are on. Tygen is downstairs in the crew's quarters. He doesn't normally sit there, but he just feels that this is one of the more quiet spaces of the ship, so he's taking advantage of that. He spots the three of you and says, We should be at Darkto 
by midday. We've got a couple of hours before we get there. So whatever preparations you need to make before we land or before we dock, I would suggest doing them now. I don't know what you guys, like what business you have in Dark Soul, but there's a few things that all of you need to know. Whatever you're doing there, whatever's brought you to Zyuria, just be careful. It's bad enough that you guys are landing in Dark Toe, but it would be f something far fucking worse if anybody was to catch word that you had any form of sympathies towards the monarchy. Dark Toe is the most anti-monarchy uh, region in Zyuria. It's not the only one. But this is radical anti-monarchy. It's run by a gang that call themselves the Dark Kings. And their leaders, the kings themselves. Let's just put it this way that if you look at them in the wrong way, you have just drawn your last breath. So, I already know you guys can defend yourselves. I've seen it. You guys helped me out back in Valorondir, but Dragon is a puppy compared to these guys. So, I am not telling you to not stay long in Dark Soul. Just don't stay any longer than is absolutely necessary. That being said, there is always there's always an avenue for people to earn a little bit of coin. I'm not going to regale you in the ways that that is done. I'm, I'm sure you can put two and two together. He's looking at Ilara at this point. He just goes, I feel like although you wouldn't 100% fit in, you've probably got a better chance of not being questioned automatically. Just keep your wits about you. Once we depart, once you offload, when we arrive, our business is concluded. I, I'm not going to say that I'll be glad to see you guys go because I've grown quite fond of you guys. I owe you guys a great debt and I hope that me giving you passage here has paid off a little bit of that debt. I do hope to see you guys again soon in future. And if you're ever back in Valorondir, or if you're back in Jorha, be sure to hit me up. You never know. I might have another job for you. It might land you in even bigger trouble than the one that I gave you already. At this point, you see a couple of crewmates come down and start telling Tygen that you guys are drawing very close to the shores of Dark Toe. I'll say that a couple after another couple of hours of sailing, you find yourselves on the deck of the ship you can see that you are coming up on a coastline it's not a beach but it is a it's more like a cove a naturally formed cove in the western no eastern border of Zyuria you see that along the cliff face 
is a large number of buildings that are built into the stonework. You see caverns that stretch inward into subterranean environments. You see that along the, the north of the immediate coastline, there is a thick, and I'm talking very thick, jungle area. And to the south, there is not as thick, but there is quite densely populated uh, woodland as well. Darktoe is situated in that sort of merging point of those two environments. As you guys dock in Darktoe, you see hundreds of people running around the docks, offloading and unloading, well, loading and unloading ships. Nobody's paying you any heed. It's a warm day, the skies are clear, the sun is shining. A lot of the people that you see have worked up a sweat. And as you guys step off the gangplank onto the docks, Tygen tips his hat to you and just nods and gives you a silent farewell. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is where we are going to end tonight's session. Our players have made it to Zyuria, where, I'm not going to lie, they are going to spend a lot of time here. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very, very much for coming and joining us on yet another episode of Duckies and Dargons. I, I have had an absolute blast coming back after our little time, a little bit of time away. Uh, I can confirm that, at least in terms of mine, well, hopefully, mine um and unicorns uh work right, schedules okay, good, good, good. Yeah. we have been given an assurance that we should can be you good. hear me now yeah, yes I can, I can hear you right love we missed all of that hey past five minutes it's been like cut out the last we heard the last i heard from you was uh Tygen basically telling us, you know, like let Laird have a bit more kind of okay. chance at not being questioned. Okay. Well, was the last thing we heard. I'll I'll, heard. I'll let I'll re I'll regale you guys with that after after we finish this. Okay. Okay. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for, once again for joining us. Uh, stay happy, stay healthy, stay safe, and above all else, roll for initiative. Good night.